0: Welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Peter Fatty. Uh, he works at SIU Carbondale, uh, he's the coordinator of learning systems and design and technology. There and then he's also the coordinator of STEM education at Carbondale. Uh, he works for GameSense. Uh, he's the co-founder and chief science officer at GameSense and was first introduced to him in 2015 at the ABCA Orlando Convention uh, when he spoke with Dylan Lawson on the main stage. And also we have Matt Borg who's minor league hitting coach with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Matt actually played at Western Kentucky and Drury. And then from there he went on and coached at Drury. SEMO, Tuscalum, back to SEMO, and then he worked with the Cardinals for a couple years, and then he's been with the Twins for the last three or four seasons. So we get into a really good conversation on GameSense. They're offering a promotion this month of April. Uh, It's free, so if you don't have GameSense, I highly recommend you jumping on and, and getting the app and going through it. It's really good for player development. And then Matt and I get on a lot of conversations uh, about hitting and player development and the difference between minor leagues and college. Uh, As always, I appreciate you guys jumping in uh, in this trying time. So hopefully everybody's fighting the good fight and staying healthy. Uh, Thanks again for listening and hopefully enjoy the podcast. I'm here with uh, Dr. Peter Fatty and then Matt Borg-Schulte. Dr. Fatty is with Game Sense, and he's a professor at SAU Carbondale. And then Matt's with the Minnesota Twins. And just for a little bit of background, uh, Matt and I go all the way back uh, to when I was coaching at Iowa and recruited him out of high school a little bit. He played high school baseball for Ryan Connors, who was a teammate of mine uh, in high school and, and also in college at Evansville. And then Dr. Fatty and I go back to 2015 uh, from the ABCA Orlando Convention. Uh, He and Dylan Lawson spoke on the stage. I think it was the last day, actually, and that was a huge benefit of me for sticking around uh, through Sunday to listen. And then he and I had a lot of contact after that uh, with the oculation drills that he and Dylan presented. And then I actually did participate in the beta testing uh, for the Game Sense app, so I appreciate you guys coming on with me.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you, Ryan. Um, you know, staying on top of these things, and now uh, you know, really, really being involved in the uh, the. Coach development, and it turns out this is a great time for coach development.
0: Yeah, it's uh, um, yeah. I think everybody is searching for ways to help in the best ways that they can, and we're seeing a lot of the baseball community now, whether it's through webinars or Zoom chats, uh, you know, podcasts. Uh, There's a lot going on, and I think everybody is just trying to figure out the best way to try to help everybody going forward. Indeed. You know, Matt, I I was thinking about you. Um, You uh, obviously started at the college level. Uh, and then worked your way up the, the pro ranks. You're with the Cardinals for a little bit, and, and now you've been with the Twins, I think, a couple years. Um, and, and you and Dr. Fatty go back all the way back to SEMO. Um, can you guys just talk a little bit about your relationship right now? Yeah, yeah does. go
1: ahead. kind of go back to the SEMO days, doesn't it? Yeah, and Matt, as I remember, you were uh, um, Dylan was hitting coach there. Steve Beezer was, of course, the head coach. And I think you were volunteer assistant then. And um, that's correct. Yeah. I, I remember in particular, there was one one I, I, when I knew, OK, this guy's uh, this this guy's thinking the right way is we were doing something because we were trying to connect the uh, the pitch recognition, the computer stuff with, you know, batting cage stuff. And so one of the old standards is the the two ball side flip. We're just flipping there and, you know, coach is going to call high or low and you hit that. And then uh, we decided, well, we'll call uh, fastball or change up fastball top one hit. And then you said, "Well, let's really get into this." And you don't call anything, right? There, if, if you don't hear anything, you're going for the fastball, and only if you call change, do you then have to make that adjustment and and hit that low pitch. And I th- I, I now we're on it. It sounds so simple, and it's like, okay, that's when you know you're you're tapping in.
2: Yeah, I've uh, back to the SEMO days. Uh, I was I was lucky enough to kind of get on uh, get on that staff and and be a part of uh, kind of what you guys created there with the pitch recognition program and, um, uh, learned a ton. I, you know, right when I saw it, I thought it was, it was something that, uh, I wish I had when I was playing and, and something that I knew that was going to be able to help hitters get better just to, just to get a different perspective on exactly what they're looking for and, and how we can train that part a little bit better. And, um, turned out that you know i was able to get on with 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 game sense when they started out the the program and and got to know um dr fatty and and tom pardykes and some of the other guys a little bit better and um really excited about the the, the progress that that we've made with uh, with the pitch recognition training and uh, everything that's going on in game sense right now it's, it's pretty exciting
0: matt how much are you using that with your with your twins guys
2: uh, we definitely train pitch recognition um, it's a big piece of the game in my opinion especially when you start to get you know uh, into professional baseball and, and guys that that make it that far usually their swings pretty good now there's definitely some um, you know some some minor changes you can make here and there but um, in general if, if you're swinging a good pitches like you're gonna have a, a pretty good chance of of, of having success and so um, making sure that we're taking advantage of all the resources that we have at, at the professional level to, in order to uh, make sure that these guys are, are are developing the way that they need to be and, and getting the at-bats and getting the looks and um, kind of developing that uh, database of pitches to choose from in game sense and and, and, and uh, the way that Dr. Fatty has, has structured things really helps players kind of uh, accelerate that process of, of being able to, to see more pitches and, and, and learn more about you know which ones to lay off and which ones to go for.
0: And the reason we're on the call here is Dr. Fatty, um, you know, reached out to me and and we're on this call together because Game Sense is, uh, you know, they're offering the month of April. It's going to be free for anybody that wants to jump on. And Dr. Fatty, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, you know, it's 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 doing two things. You know, uh, we we certainly don't want to be opportunist, You know, which is bad to go in there and try and use a bad situation to sell people something they don't need or sell something they do need for for uh, exorbitant price but you do want to be opportunistic you want to you know take take the opportunity that's that's uh, presented there and uh, say yeah this is an opportunity people have even when they're when they're kind of shut in like that it it amplifies okay what can you do in that type of time frame and that you know that that fits with exactly what this this does cuz this is just a, a a part task piece and and this is a it's a big ask for coaches and and players more than you'd think it to be to to say okay yes we break down the pieces of the swing all the time over here but when we get to this perceptual part um you know this um this strike zone awareness uh, part you know somehow we feel like that's got to be the whole thing so all we're saying is no, you can take out a piece of that and you can woodshed that, you know, it's a term I use, I said, old, old jazz man's term, you know, you go in the back and you get your licks down till you can take them out on the stage. You know, and, and this is something, and this is an opportunity to go and woodshed what people have known for a long time is a really important part of the game. And it just felt like, Oh, the only way you got it was, you know, more at bats till your eyes bleed, but, but you can take and you can woodshed that piece. And then when the opportunity does come, and you and you're working with a good coach like Matt, who understands these things, then you go and take that piece you've been woodshedding and then you match it up with some drills and you start working, working that towards the uh, the actual batting performance. And so that's the opportunity that's um, that's presented. And I hope that you know, lots of coaches and players are able to take advantage of that.
0: Well, it's a great opportunity to stay sharp uh, game wise, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of what people are able to do right now is just hit off the tee uh, if they have the capability of doing that. So this would be another way to, to stay sharp and, and ready for game stuff. You know, Dr. Fatty, what are the biggest differences now with the, the Game Sense app where everything's at now and, and when you did first start with, with the beta a while ago? <laughs>
1: Well, you know that because you were in from
0: the beginning. <laughs> I, I was all yeah. in. I you know that I, I was all in from the beginning. I just thought it was a great, uh, great resource that not ever any there you couldn't find it anywhere. I just thought it was was going to be a game changer for player development.
1: Yeah, and so we've tried to really keep it simple. I mean, you were talking about that uh, that um, ABCA clinic, main stage clinic with, with um, Dylan Lawson, are uh, doing damage at the plate, training pitch recognition and. Um, you know, it got, um, uh, a good amount of, uh, attention on that. And I had various people who said, well, Hey, you know, we can, we gotta, we can make a product out, out of this. And, and first of all, you know, it's like, okay, that's great. And it doesn't really become useful to coaches until you do make it into something they can use. I actually had done a main stage presentation back in 2005, based on my research in the area, uh, that was pitch recognition. Don't just preach it, teach it. And you know, like thirty guys came up af- afterwards. And we were talking up, and they said, "Okay, we're in. Where you know, where's the product?" I said, "Well, there's no product. I'm just telling you the research." And that's what happens in this area. You know, something gets scientists work something like that out, and they kind of throw it over the uh, the the um, cement wall and think the coaches on the other side are going to catch it. And they just you know thump. They don't know what's coming, and so it, it does need that connection. But everybody said, "Oh, we'll you know we'll add this bell and that whistle and." And uh, crowds cheering and I said, no, this the science based part of it, this video occlusion, you see some video, you cut it off and now you guess the type of pitch, ball or strike, is so Twitter simple that we are just not going to mess with that. And so that that actually has been a lot of the discipline with that is to get better and better, of course, and more precise because this is inside the mechanism type of stuff. You have to be precise. But to just keep keep the simple part of it, not not let it get too fancy. So you know that that that's what we feel like we've uh, we're delivering now.
0: Matt, what's what are some of the other drills that you're using, but besides, outside the Game Sense app? What are besides the two ball uh, soft toss drill, which is a great drill for anybody that hasn't used that drill? It's a it's a wonderful drill to use for your guys with soft toss because it does emulate what they're going to see in games and far as making swing decisions. What other drills are you using with your guys?
2: Uh, one of the big ones is standing in with bullpens and, uh, you know, guys have been doing that for forever. And, uh, you know, it, it's probably the closest thing you're going to get to the game without having a, uh, you know, a live guy on the mound. Um, but also like putting a constraint on that and, um, forcing the hitter to make a decision before the catcher catches it. So, uh, really making them focus on that first third of ball flight, making them make that decision. You know, if they're going to verbalize a decision before the catcher catches it, they're they're going to have to make that decision pretty quickly. And you know, you can kind of set that up uh, however you would like and make it more and more difficult. Whether he's just you know verbalizing on a on a fastball for a strike, or whether just a fastball, or a fastball and a curveball, or whatever constraint that. Um, you know your team approach or your plan is is set to you can kind of make it that way and uh, I think organizing it in that fashion really allows the guys to stay focused because a lot of times they're just standing there and they're not swinging they know they're taken um, you know you can lose lose focus a little bit there but when you when you make it a little bit more difficult um, guys tend to be a little bit more focused so uh, that's that's one of the big ones that I like uh, we also like to train with with the zone hitting so um the seven ball plate is is one that i think helps guys a lot kind of understand where the zone is and and give them a a better idea of you know which pieces that they hit really well and and which they need to work on and and how can they differentiate between the two and can they do it um in BP if they can't do it in BP then you know it's going to be really difficult for them to do it in the game so uh, just forcing them to make decisions uh, in practice other than just throwing fastballs right down the middle so um, anything that that we can do with with that is is going to be um, a step up.
0: Matt are you using the seven balls then during BP are you having them call out like we love the seven balls if they make contact in an area are you having them verbalize that?
2: Yeah yeah we'll we'll do it that way we'll do it you know, in 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 other ways, whether it's like okay, um, you know, pitch in this zone, you're swinging; pitch in this zone, you're taking, or or whatever the case might be, and, and um, changing it for different situations, and different counts, and um, different uh, goals um, based on the hitter, based on you know things that they need to work on. So
0: you know, when they get into a pitch, say with the two strikes, how far, how many balls are you having them work with? Um, You know, I'd like, you probably would like to think they could cover all seven, but probably not, not realistic. Are you, how far are you having them widen that, that seven balls?
2: I mean, I, I, ideally we would just want them to swing at the seven balls. um, And, you know, if you're, if you're, taking that the eight ball or, or that, uh, zero ball on the, on the edges. Um, you kind of got to play it by ear by the umpire, Obviously, you know, diff- <laughs> different, different levels are going to be, you know, in different situations. But if we're training guys to swing your pitches outside of the zone, I, I think, you know, you can expand the zone more than you can, you can shorten it up. And, you know, it's individual for each guy too. You, you you have a guy that that swings and misses a lot. You're going to want him to swing at a little bit smaller smaller zone if he, if he does a little bit more damage and, and swings and misses a lot, or a guy that you know has a little bit better bat to ball skills and can foul that pitch off uh, and wait for a little bit better one. Maybe you want him to attack that pitch a little bit more. But uh, I I struggle to try to train guys to swing outside of a of the zone too far. Um, even just to cover, but just kind of making sure that they understand the situation in the game and, um, you know, how the umpire's calling it. Is he calling it pretty far off the plate? Is he calling it in? Is he not? Um, You know, and, and as you get higher and higher levels in professional baseball, they start becoming a little bit uh, better in the zone of, of uh, not, not giving too much out there or in there, so, um, but like I said, I think, making sure that they understand the zone is the biggest piece. And then if they know they need to expand a little bit for this particular situation, then they can do that.
0: How are you tracking? You know, are you tracking in BP? Obviously you're tracking in games, but their zone, how are you keeping track of all of that?
2: Yeah. um, Nate Rasmussen, one of our uh, hitting coaches in our organization has uh, done a great job in in creating some sheets to, to track those, those decisions, which, has um, been really cool to see uh, and you can kind of see like okay this guy is actually a ball off every time towards inside or towards the outside or whatever the case might be uh, just gives you a little bit more insight into what the guy's seeing and maybe why he struggles with certain pitches
0: say so you have a guy that is consistently expanding out of the zone uh, and obviously I, I eyesight all of that stuff is is good What are some of the ways that you're helping them uh, be better in the strike zone?
2: You know, it could be something as simple as their approach, you know, what they're trying to do with the ball, um, how the situation – there's so many different factors that go into hitting. Uh, If I'm thinking only about pitch recognition and I'm disregarding the the plan and the approach that goes with that and along with the swing and how they all match up, then – you know, I'm missing some pieces. So, you know, it could be something that, that they can do better in their load to give themselves a little bit more time, uh, a little bit bigger timing window. Uh, you know, it could be something that they can improve with their approach, whether they're, they're trying to pull the pitch every single time or um, they're not giving themselves the, the best chance to, to cover as many pitches as possible. Um, I think it, it just depends on each guy based on, um, you know, how they check all those little boxes and, and where you want to attack. But um, I think, one of the most important things is, you know, before two strikes, making sure that, that they're attacking the pitch that they want to swing at and, and not pitchers' pitches. That's that's probably a, a general approach that would um, kind of fit for most guys is you're in control of the account and you're in control of the at-bat until um, the pitcher gets two strikes, and then you're going to just have to buy a little bit more.
0: You say you have somebody that, that- – is late with their timing what what are you using with them to show them um and then also off the pitcher what are what are some of the cues that you're using with hitters to allow them to be on time better
2: Uh, i mean i think you can show video with them and kind of compare them to some of the other players on on when you know the better hitters are starting and, and when they're starting or um or vice versa if the guy's too early or whatever the case might be but more of the tempo and rhythm along with timing you know it's 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 a very difficult thing to to get some guys to to understand and um yeah i think like i said there's there's many different ways to go about it and it just kind of depends on which piece that guy struggles with that that you can really uh, go after whether it's the load uh whether it's the timing of the load when the separation happens you know the guy gets to you know hit the top of his leg kick and, and doesn't have any rhythm from that and just kind of stalls out or he doesn't have a leg kick or he's just a toe tap, doesn't have rhythm or it's too stiff You know, it's, it's just um, figuring out which piece to attack and, and how we can uh, make the most out of it because everybody's different and everybody needs a, a certain uh, piece of their rhythm to kind of find what works best for them and um, you just kind of have to experiment a little bit with some of those things to see which one works best
0: Will you have them make some style switches if if you feel like something's going to help them a little bit more from a timing standpoint?
2: Yeah, I think that would if they're struggling with timing. I mean, most of the guys that that are that are in professional baseball and and they get to a little bit higher levels, you know, their their timing's probably pretty good. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't make that far. <laughs> but uh, but I think when, when whenever you're making any kind of change or or switch with a player, like making sure that they understand what you're what you're trying to do and, and kind of giving them the reins to understand it. it is their career. And, yeah, we, we're trying to help them as best as, as we possibly can. But um, at the end of the day, it has to be something that they're bought into. And for them to buy into it a little bit better, um, if it's their idea, they're going to have a much better um, chance to, to believe that this is going to help them. Um, so trying to structure it in a way that, that they understand and they believe and, and, and they uh, are on board with it uh, is probably the best way that I've found to to get guys to um, make changes that uh, are going to help them.
1: And, and Ryan, if
0: I can jump yeah, in. Yeah, jump in there anytime.
1: Yeah, what you and Matt are talking about reminds me a bit of uh, it's a quote, my favorite quote from Rocco Baldelli. Now, this was back in 2012 at that MIT Sloan sports analytics conference. And he was on the baseball panel along with the original Bill James and you know some, some, some folks like that, uh, Boris and like that. And they finished it by asking, what's one thing that analytics isn't giving you that you wish it did? They had their answers. It comes around to Rocco for the last one. And he says, I want to know why some guys who can hit, hit. And some guys who can hit don't hit and i thought that you know that that goes a lot to what matt matt's saying you know the guy's there because he can hit and yet something's not quite clicking and and coming together and um so you know that's the person then you you don't want to start fixing things before you kind of know what the problem is so then it's really important for instance to have a, a pitch recognition test there's a you know a valid and normed pitch recognition test and um actually i remember back in um uh, this was in Midwest league, um, full season a and, um, uh, manager out there, we tested his guys and, um, he had this one guy he wanted to see the results of. And he didn't even wait until I give him all of them. He runs out of the room and uh, goes and talks to this guy because it was a guy who's a third baseman. He'd had a, he was a college player. He'd had a really high um, batting average, had good um, contact skills. And they were trying to, you know, just as Matt said, you know, to, to reach the next level, he was going to have to have more power. And they were doing all kinds of. They were working on that, but you know the batting average had slipped. It was below 200, and you know he was uh, uh, struggling a bit. And the manager just wanted to be able to say to him, "Look, we've we've tested you. You're you're you know the uh, the equivalent of a 400 hitter on this pitch recognition test. You you have and still have what we brought you in for. We just got to make this adjustment here." And it, he felt like that was uh, what that guy needed to hear. It, you know, just to say we're we're on track with this. Don't don't worry if there's a one step back for two steps forward. So that's a big part of it too. When you when you're dealing on that high end, is being able to say, okay, is this a is this a vision problem? Is it a is it a technique problem? Is it a um, confidence problem? Is it a pitch recognition problem? And you know, every piece that you can answer is uh, gets you one step closer to identifying that thing that actually needs to be fixed.
0: I was always amazed when we started to use the verbalized bullpens. Uh, Our guys that were better hitters, they made their calls much earlier and and more correctly than the guys that struggled, and um, they did process things quicker. Matt, what do you feel like is the biggest adjustments? You know, you came from the college side. What do you feel like with your, your new hitters that you get? What do you feel like are the biggest adjustments that they have to make as they're going up levels? Um. No, there's
2: that's a that's that's kind of a tough question. Um, there's it, it's all mostly individualized for for each guy. You know, some guy it might be a a pitch recognition adjustment. Some guy it might be a swing adjustment. One guy it might be a a, 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 a mental adjustment or an approach adjustment. Um, I think it, it a lot of it depends on the individual. You know, I'm dealing. You know, in professional baseball, obviously, you know, there's guys have a little bit more talent and and some of them are a little bit more refined, but some of them are a little bit more raw. So um, you kind of get a little bit of both worlds, uh, guys coming from high school or, or guys coming from college. And, and some guys have a little bit more experience. Some guys have a little bit less. Some guys have been taught, you know, since they were five years old. And some guys have not really had much instruction at all. So um, everybody really is a little bit different. I think as they get – better and better and and into higher and higher levels i think kind of refining that approach of okay what do i do well and how do i maximize it that that's probably what's going to give the guy the best results in terms of okay what's going to get me to the next level is making sure i understand what i'm good at and i maximize what i'm good at so if i'm if i hammer pitches you know out outside um and i'm swinging at the fastball in every single time um, I'm probably not going to maximize my potential um, for that particular batter for this for this series so I think understanding what they're good at and making sure that that they can maximize that um, is going to help them continue to progress throughout their career but like I said it's it's kind of a mixed both. so you can get guys that are at you know, every, uh, stop along the road.
0: How much are you going over scouting report with guys? Man, you, you have all this information now on, on the pitchers that you're going to face. How much are you talking with guys on scouting report of the opposing pitcher? I know you just talked about uh, staying with their strengths, but how much are you, how much information are you giving them about the opposing pitchers?
2: Yeah. So it's going to be at different, different levels. Um, you know, at the lower levels at, at the, at the rookie leagues and, and some of the, uh, lower levels you're one, you're not going to have as much information on the on the players, but uh, two, it's you know at, at that point they there should be a little bit more worried about what they're doing personally than than what um, you know they're about to face. Uh, and then as they you know go up and, and have a little bit more experience in the game, kind of understand what they're doing a little bit more, uh, and there's a little bit more information on the on the other players then you can start to see, okay, how do my strengths match up with what this guy's trying to do to me? Is he, is this a guy that's going to try to pitch to his strengths or it's going to try to pitch to my weaknesses and, um, and how can I figure that out? And so, um, we, we will have a a hitters meeting, you know, every day and talk about kind of what the, what the starter has and, and how we can, you know, best approach it. But, um, you know, each guy's different. Some guys like to just look at like a heat map. Some guys like to just look at the velocities. Some guys want to see the pitches. Some guys want to look at video. Um, everybody's a little bit different, and I think tailoring you know that to uh, what each each guy needs, and, and just trying to expand them a little bit uh, because all that information is going to be available as they move up, um, but giving them what they need to to really be successful and feel like they're prepared when they step into the box.
0: And Dr. Fatty, can you talk just a little bit how much your research background helps with GameSense, and then also maybe some protocols? Say somebody that that hasn't used the app is jumping in, and using the app for the first time. What kind of, type of protocols are you recommending for them to use?
1: Well, it's really it's 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 kind of the bottom feeder of all instructional technology. You know, we've got VR and all these things, but it's this is drill and practice. This is how you learn vocabulary, you know, a foreign language vocabulary, or multiplication facts, or anything like that. Massive repetition, immediate feedback, and progressive difficulty. And so, uh, you know, all animals, including humans, can learn to do pretty well incredible things with those three things. Repetition, immediate feedback, and progressive difficulty. So, if you're running your own program, or you're a coach or a parent trying to help uh, uh, somebody run that program. You want to make sure that they're they're working in that way. They're not just kind of scattershot doing drills in the in the uh, pitch recognition app. Um, you want to have an idea of of what the pitchers are and start with some of them that are a little easier and work your way up. Start where you're seeing the full pitch and then you see less and less. It gets more and more difficult all the way up to uh, what we call the wicked level. You've got a basic level which shows you about a third of the ball flight. Advanced, which shows you only about six to eight feet out of the pitcher's hand. And then this wicket is cut off right at the hand. Of course, you're not guessing ball or strike, just the type of pitch at that, at that level. Um, you know, and so that's, that's how you're building that skill. And you don't have to grind on it. It's not something – it, really, it's like the weight room. You, know, you go in there, you do your work, and you're going to get stronger. Um, you don't need to know everything about the process. The more you understand, the better. But, um, but you don't need to. You just need to put in your work with a well-structured drill. Um, and it, it really is, for, for our end, on the technology end, it's about creating the conditions of learning so that your eyes and your brains and your hands will figure all that out. And, and then repeat it until it's automatic. You know, it's like uh, Tony Gwynn used to say, um, my eyes see and my hands know what to do. So, I'm working on phase one of that. I'm working on and and uh, John Maley in his clinic, he called it, you know, know the story of the pitch, know the story of the path. You know, so i'm I'm working on that first part. Know the pitch. Uh, connect the dots. have an idea of that ball coming out here. It's going to end up about here in the strike zone, about now. and then and then it's up to uh, to to Matt and the hitting instructors to be able to put that together with the, swing adjustability on the other end doesn't mean anything to to recognize it's a change up unless you can make that adjustment to put a lick on the change up. Um, so, you know, that's that's what we're trying to do, just work that as drill and practice and um, in a in a progressive kind of way and in a stick to it of it. You know, it's it doesn't need to be a lot. Uh, the the math that I use on that is 15 minutes a day at the app which is about 10 drills. Uh, five days a week, that's going to ultimately add up to the equivalent of about 500 video at-bats in a month. So, you know, even in a month, like you mentioned, you know, the, the Game Sense for April sort of thing, even in a, a month or a section of a month, you're going to build up, a, you know, almost a full major league season, two college seasons and, you know, four or five high school seasons worth of, uh, worth of at-bats. So that's not saying that a video at bats is valuable as one in the game. But when you're getting four or five times as many um, then it is. And if you're doing that work and I kind of actually like that, it's got to be separated from the swing a little bit because it just lets that that work be done so that by the time we do get back out and we do get swinging bats again. It's not something you're thinking about. I don't want you going up to the plate thinking about pitch recognition. I don't want you going up to the plate thinking about skinny wrist curveball or, you know, any of those hints or, 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 you know, look here or there. Just go out there as natural as you can because you've done your work. It's all done. All you have to do now is go let it flow. That's what we're trying for.
0: And, and Matt, with Rap Soto and everything now that's out there on the pitching side and pitchers are starting to, to do a much better job of tunneling their pitches, are there ways that we can combat that on the offensive side? I know the pitchers are doing a really good job of tunneling now. Is is there? Are we seeing anything on the horizon that we can help improve our hitters?
2: I think this is um, one of the best things that we can do in order to do that. And, and just like you know dr fattery was 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 talking about with uh, walking up to the plate you're not really we don't really want you to think about oh what's the, what's this pitch what's that pitch and and how does it look coming out of his hand and this and that um, just the same way as is, is when we're working on swing mechanics and and you don't want to step up to the plate and think okay i got to do my left hip this and my my hands got to be here and my no you got to just hit if you're thinking about those types of things then um, the you old paralysis, paralysis,
0: by analysis.
2: Exactly. So we're you know just like swinging in a cage. You know this is something that you're training, and then the results will show up um, as a result of the training. So um, in order to combat that, I think like just like Dr. Faddy said, I think woodshedding and, and kind of building up that database of of at bats, uh, database of pitches to choose from. Um, and, and the more you understand what that pitcher is trying to do, and and the better uh, we can understand what our strengths are as hitters, uh, you know, the better chance we have to combat those different things that they're trying to 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 get us with.
0: And Matt, now that you've been on the pro side as as long as you have, what are your biggest tech takeaways from the differences between college baseball and professional baseball?
2: Um, it's it's quite a different game, I think. Um, there's there's talent in both areas for sure i think the the professional game's a little bit different in that um you know the the ultimate goal isn't necessarily or 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 the end all be all is not you know the game that day um of course we want to win and we want to develop uh players to learn how to win and and do the right things in order to win games but you know if we if we lose seven to six that night it, it really doesn't matter as long as the we're making sure that that player is is getting better and and on his path of development to make it to the major leagues um so I think that's probably one of the biggest differences is is uh it, you know we're, we're not totally consumed with winning we're, we're worried about getting this guy prepared and and train it's more of a training ground for this kid to get to the major leagues and uh, you know if we're doing that we're actually going to create uh, you know that winning environment and're we're, we're gonna do pretty well um mm-hmm. You know, w- when you tally them up at the end of the year, but um, I think probably less focus on on winning exactly uh, that day or specific to to, um, to to each guy kind of getting their work in and, and um, learning how to work within a team, but still understanding what they need to do to get to where they want to go.
0: And, you know, when you're dealing with your minor league guys, you have a guy that's on an 0-for-20 or 0-for-30 route, and, and, you know, it is in the back of their mind that they may get sent home. What are some of the the tools that you're using to try to help them get back on track?
2: Yeah, that's probably the the most difficult part of the game, right? You you know you're going to fail, and and, um, just because you know that you're going to fail doesn't make it any easier. Uh, Everybody wants to go up there and go 4 for 4 every night, but it's just not going to happen, even the best guys in the game. So um, having some some tools and some things to go to, um, I think learning how and understanding how to evaluate yourself a little bit better rather than, you know, I'm one for 20 um, in terms of getting a hit, um, but better in, like, what your process is, what type of pitches are you swinging at, um, are you getting in your work every day to, to prepare yourself, you know, have you had a chance to, to understand what the pitcher doing like are you paying attention to the game um you know every time it's o2 he comes up in the zone with a fastball and then breaks a breaking ball down in the dirt so like understanding what each guy is trying to do and, and how they're approaching the game um more important than just looking at the stat line of i was one for four or, i was oh for four with two strikeouts it like, could be a little bit different if you analyze it a little bit differently um but that's always going to be the toughest thing for, for hitters because there is so much failure. And if you can understand how to evaluate yourself a little bit better and a little bit more accurately, um, because you can't, you can't control the results. It's just, it's just part of the game. Um,
0: do you have you any, do you have guys journaling at all? Do you guys have any guys using in-game stuff or, or post game stuff? Do you have any guys that are journaling?
2: Yeah. I've seen some guys that'll, that'll write things down, uh, that'll kind of, have some some things that they'll go back to, um, whether they're doing well or whether they're whether they're struggling. But um, you know, we, we have we have access to video, so we can kind of go over different things with the guys, and, and they can um, you know kind of look over you know what they what they need to to, to either feel like they're they're prepared or, or, or feel like they um, can kind of close the book on um, you know what happened. So uh, yeah.
0: I tried to earmark for hitters and for pitchers uh, when they had really good outings. And so I would always try to keep those off to the side for just in case they started to struggle so that they would have something to go back to, to just look at that. Okay. Just maybe it might just be one swing or one pitch as just a reminder that like, Hey, you're still the same guy and you're still good.
2: No question. I think that's probably one of the things that, uh, separates the, the really good hitters from from the guys that are going to struggle because most of the time when you're doing well you're not thinking about anything you're not trying to you're not trying to do anything you're just hit and what can happen is you don't realize what you're doing to be successful and then when when it hits the fan and and it's going to um, you don't have anything to go back to so I think making sure that you're taking the time to okay I'm doing well what is making me successful right now. And then I know that it's not going to last forever. Obviously we, we want to want it to, and we're going to pretend like it's going to, but when it does start to, to not have as much success. Now I have something that I can go back. Okay. What was that? Okay. This is what I was doing. Now I can get back on track a little bit quicker than, um, if, you know, if I have no idea and then i all, all of a sudden I start searching.
0: Yep. Dr. Faddy and Matt for both of you guys, um, some outside the game sense. What are some resources where you can direct uh, anybody that's listening in that you feel like might help them? I don't know, books, uh, podcasts, just things that that help you guys that that you feel like would be great recommendations for anybody listening in.
1: Yeah, there's a, there there are so many good podcasts out there now. I know Matt and I have both have been on um, John Jonathan Gellner's uh, podcast. Yeah, there's so many of them. Patrick Jones has has one and. Those are great for coaches. Uh, They're going to take that back to the players. The players probably don't um, uh, jump on those things as much. And so that's why we like to have the the coaches uh, go between process that that sort of thing. That's part uh,
0: of good coaching is filtering. Uh, there's so much information out there. I think as a coach now you have to filter whether it's a book or a podcast or articles. I think you have to sift through all of that and then present what you feel like is important to your guys.
1: One thing I know, and I, I, I just know this from, from conversations with Matt, something is connected with him. and He read the actual book or got it on, on audiobook. Uh And I don't know that that's necessary for, for coaches, but something to really keep in mind, try and do a little background and think of Kind of goes along with what we're talking about is um, called Thinking Fast and Slow.
0: Oh yeah, Daniel, Daniel Kahneman.
1: Kahneman. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, who won a, won a um, you know a, a uh, nothing is it a, a Nobel Prize for that for his thinking on that Kahneman and Tversky. But you know the the and, and people will wonder what that is. Well, and sometimes they talk about System One and System Two. System One is fast, automatic. You know, obviously, that's where you want to be in the batter's box. System two is slow, it's deliberate, it's conscious, and that's your practice zone. So you've got to, you know, zone two is your kind of your practice zone, but you can't perform there. you got to have it translate over to zone one. And so that's, that's something that I'd certainly recommend coaches in one way or another, kind of ponder that idea and think of what their role is and setting up those conditions in, in, in Zone 2 in the, the practice situation and then and then guiding that player so that they can perform in that Zone 1.
0: Michael Lewis, who wrote uh, Moneyball and The Blind Side and Liar's Poker, uh, he wrote The Undoing Project, and that is he actually wrote on Kahneman and Tversky and all of the research that they had done, and it's an intriguing read. So for anybody that wants kind of the background, Of thinking fast and slow Uh, the undoing project by Michael Lewis dives in on on those guys relationship It was a very unique relationship that they had with each other and uh, to probably the best economists of all time uh, with the amount of research and and they've changed the sports arena business they've changed so many different things because of the research that they put out there and some really intriguing research on on human decision-making which is fascinating for me Matt, what else you got on that?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's really key. Uh, I think understanding how our players are thinking allows us to kind of get a little bit deeper and and access, you know, what we need to in order to get them to do the things that we want them to, without um, letting them know that that we're uh, (laughs) exactly (laughs) kind of getting them to do. You know, they're doing it um, themselves. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great one. I think um, how to win friends and influence people, along that, you know, similar line, and in, in terms of uh, how to get people to kind of do what you want them to do, and um, but without having them feel like you're manipulating them, um, which is, you know, obviously, you know, a really big thing, especially when you're trying to, to affect, you know, players that that could be making millions of dollars, so. Um, those are some of the, some of the resources. And I think the way that Dr. uh, Dr. Fatty explained the uh, thinking fast and slow is perfect.
0: And Matt, any tips out there for, you have a seven month old now, any tips out there for coaches that are are going through this or maybe haven't gone through this yet that are going to have kids, any tips on there from, uh, coaches with kids?
2: Uh, well, I don't think I've got it figured out yet, but (laughs) I think, Kind of establishing a rhythm and um, uh, making sure that you put time like aside. So um, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to work on this for an hour, and then I'm going to spend time with my son. Or I'm going to do this for a certain amount of time, and and uh, kind of capping at at certain things so that you can kind of organize yourself a little bit better. Because it's easy for the day to kind of get away from you. Uh, there's always something to do with the uh, with the little one, and especially right now, it's it's actually been pretty nice. Um wish we, you know, I wish we the season would be starting, but um uh, to spend some, a little bit extra time with with my son has been pretty awesome.
0: Well, it's great for bonding. You know, I I have a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, so I still don't have anything figured out. So I I'd, I'd like to tell you that it gets easier, <laughs> but I I don't know if it does get any easier. So anybody that wants to reach out to you guys and um where can they find you?
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, mborb 7 So uh, please feel free, any questions, anything, I, I'm more than happy to, to help anybody out. Uh, I've been fortunate enough in, in my career to have some people along the way, you know, with uh, uh, Ryan included uh, to, to help me kind of develop and understand what it takes to, to continue to improve as a coach. Um, and I think, you know, I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to help anybody if, if there's anything I can do.
0: Well, and I'm proud of you. You know, I think about you all the time, you know, just from where you were at as a high school player and, you know, then what you went through as a college player and now the career that you've had as a coach, but you've really worked at it. And I, that's what I've always been impressed with you, Matt, on that is you've always worked at it. You're continuing to work. And um. Yeah, you know, I don't think I had anything to do with that, but um, you know, it, it does give me some pride when I, I watch and and see the, all the things that you're doing with your career. It's amazing to me, and um, but you're working at it too, which is a, you know, a, a huge plus for you because you do work at it.
2: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, I think like I said, I, I've just been fortunate enough to be around some some people like yourself that have given me some advice to. To help me understand you know what it takes to be successful and um, you have to work you have to understand you know what what's gonna get you to where you need to be and, and how you can kind of prioritize things to, to continue to improve so uh, I appreciate that
0: and I, I think that's the the cool thing on the college side is with the recruiting side you're gonna be in contact with guys and and for any coaches out there that, that do recruit and you're young talk to coaches out there they're going to be more than willing to help you being on the road i know nobody can be going on the road right now but once you get back on the road it's a great time outside of the evaluation part to watch guys it is a great time to to get around coaches and ask them questions dr fatty what about you where where can you guys find you
1: well i'm i'm on twitter like like Matt. i'm kind of a a, a one trick social media uh, pony that's that's the only one that i keep I kind it of simple yeah, Somebody kind of explained to me at one point that it's like, OK, Twitter is kind of where you where the coaches kind of hang out. And then Facebook is where the parents and no kids there anymore. And then like Instagram, that's the kids or whatever. And so most of my interest is is kind of with the coaches um, who are the, who are the ones who 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 have the influence then on on the generations of players that they work with. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just uh, Peter Fatty at Dr. Fatty or uh, hashtag pitch recognition on Twitter, which is also a good one. And that's not just me. Other people use that, too. And you've got the the VR and, you know, people are talking about that outside of any kind of technology. And so that's a that's a nice reference there. And um, one thing I'd kind of like to uh, to, to throw out there is uh, why why we're kind of doing this this. Uh, uh, Thing and they're they're calling it safe at home, you know the, the the company with that, and that's for all the players. It's it started actually kind of rolled it out there for the minor leaguers because they're just really tough for anybody, you know they're in an especially tough situation, and um, and their organizations kind of stepped up and helped them with that, and so it's it's out there for everybody, but it's like well why why a coach's thing, and the thing is that we're, we're we're trying to give coaches something they can give to their players you know if something's coming from just you know, they don't know who players don't know you know Dr. Fatty is you know they don't, they don't know any of this it's just more stuff um i so i i want to give the coach something that at, at this point you know the, everybody's going on to their other things but you know something that that keeps their players in contact and it and it puts them in the in the middle of that and that's where they should be you know but without Without requiring any anybody's registrations or anything like that, you know, nobody needs to sign anything. So just something really simple, and and it, and it and it puts it puts the coaches in that role of of being able to 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 guide it and put it out there, uh, and so that that that's why I was especially insistent within my own group that we we do um, something this way also.
0: Well, it's a great idea, and it is a way to to pay it forward and and help everybody in a time that that's. Tough on everybody right now.
1: Well, you too. I appreciate
0: you coming on. Um, I, I've always enjoyed uh, both of you. Um, you know, obviously, I know Matt for for longer, but Dr. Fader, you've always been great to me and and have answered uh, the the multitude of questions that I had over over my coaching career. And um, can't thank you guys enough for coming on and um, be safe out there and and holler at me if you need something. Okay. Well,
1: thanks, Ryan. Yeah. And I have to say to you, as you'd said to to uh, to Matt, I'm I'm uh, very pleased and proud to see you in that role with ABC too because you know what they really need in there is a really curious really humble guy who's you know wants wants to pass it on and everybody get better so you're the man i appreciate that just trying yeah. to help
0: everybody as best i can thanks again thank you okay thanks. be safe out there i want to thank dr fatty and matt both for coming on and taking time out of their sunday uh to to interview with me uh, they didn't need to do that uh but uh, right timing trying to shed light on on companies that are doing great things and offering a free month of Game Sense uh, should give back to baseball and allow people that haven't used the app to get on it and uh, again it's a great time to, because we are inside, uh, to use this as a a time to get better uh, on the baseball side uh, and then hopefully enjoy the, the downtime that you have. Uh, Matt and I go way back, uh, way back to his high school days, so it's, it's neat for me to, to see what he's doing in baseball uh, because you just never know when you recruit a guy what they're gonna turn into, and he's, he's willing to learn and uh, he's turned himself into a really good baseball coach. And then Dr. Fatty's always been great to me as far as answering any questions that I had uh, when I was coaching on, on Game, Sense, Game Sense and then some of the oculation drills. So thanks again to both of them. This is Ryan Brownley signing off from my basement in Macomb, Illinois. Uh, thanks again, and leave it better for those behind you.